Welcome to Christ Church. The following is a homily from our Sunday morning gathering in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Enjoy. We turn this evening to the prophet Joel, who is um, prescribed for Ash Wednesday. The prophet Joel is announcing to the people who are gathered in Israel that the day of the Lord has come. Blow the trumpet in Zion, the prophet says. Sound the alarm on my holy mountain. Let the inhabitants of the land tremble for the day of the Lord is coming. It is near. It is a day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and thick darkness darkness that is spread over the mountains. A great and powerful army comes. Their like never has been from old, nor will again after them in the ages to come. I don't know about you, but I feel for the last year and a half that we have been in a day of darkness and gloom. Do we really need Lent to remind us that things are not exactly how we want them. Don't the masks and the rolling blackouts do that enough? But this Lent, and there's something powerful about Lent, even in college when um, I was not heavily involved in church, would still find myself at church services for Ash Wednesday feeling that it was important to mark that time. But these next 40 days, we go and we pray for a world that is off kilter. We pray for redemption. We pray for salvation. We pray for deliverance. The great Catholic mystic Thomas Merton says of this redemption, The present world crisis is not merely a political or economic conflict. It goes deeper than ideologies. It is a crisis of the human spirit. It is a great religious and moral upheaval of the human race, and we don't really know half the causes of ourselves and in our society. It's why we are desperately hunger for clear and definite solutions which sometimes lead us into a temptation, temptation to oversimplify. He says we seek the cause of evil and we find it here or there in this particular nation, class, race, ideology, or system. And we discharge upon this scapegoat all all the force of our hatred and compounding it with fear and anguish striving to rid ourselves of our fear by destroying the object we have arbitrarily singled out as the embodiment of all evil. Merton warns us that far from curing us, this only aggravates our sickness. Merton was writing decades ago, but I think he could be writing to our present age. This evil that um, Merton talks about and which the scriptures point to is an alienation from our deepest truth, an alienation from the springs of life, and an alienation from God. 
And it is this very alienation that the prophet Joel comes to speak. In the midst of destruction and devastation, grace comes to God's people. God invites them back into a renewed relationship. The prophet says, yet even now, says the Lord, return to me with your heart, with fasting, with weeping, with mourning. Rend your hearts, tear open your hearts, not your clothing. Return to the Lord, for he is graceful and merciful, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love and relents from punishing. We can face this evil that confronts us. We can acknowledge our own brokenness because the God in whom created us will always love us and always welcome us. So we gather, we gather like the days in which the prophet Joel was writing with an urgency. The prophet says, blow the trumpet in Zion, sanctify a fast, call the solemn assembly, gather all of the people, old people, young people, even infants at the breast, gather them here and now. The prophet goes on to say, between the vestibule and the altar, let the priests, the ministers of the Lord, weep. Let them cry out to God, spare your people, O Lord. And in this way, this way, maybe this is our deepest calling in this Lenten season. That we are a priestly people who are willing to cry out upon a world that is hurting and does not know where to go for healing, redemption, or salvation that we can cry out on their behalf. We can cry out, spare your people, O Lord. We often are very good at sort of talking about individual sin and individual judgment, but we sometimes have a more difficult time thinking about and imagining corporate guilt. It's typical of American Christianity to want to choose between either individual guilt or corporate guilt as though somehow they were not intertwined with one another. So our Lenten walk and our prayer for deliverance, our prayer for redemption, our prayer for, for renewal is not just for us but for the whole world. Fleming Rutledge, who... Um, is pretty close to sainthood, although she is still alive, has observed that on Ash Wednesday, those that we gather, that gather here, do not simply do it on our behalf, but we repent on behalf of the world. We do so by the most audacious mark of resistance to the world, which is to remember that we are going to die. In a world that often wants to deny that sin is a reality, that brokenness is a reality, in a world that wants to deny that death is a reality, we come here and we remember that we are dust, and to dust we shall return. It's an act of liturgical resistance that speaks to another world, a world in which God is in charge, not us, a world in which God saves, not us. A world in which God redeems, not us. Our invitation is simply to tear open our hearts 
and allow God to heal us and to save us. We often don't want to do that. We often would rather be right. We would rather people to think that we're right, at least. And Jesus' message in the gospel today warns us of that sort of righteousness. Do not be like the hypocrites do, Jesus tells us. Don't practice your righteousness in public so that people will know us, notice us. It's the frustrating thing that our righteousness, no matter how right we are, will not save us. Only God will do that. In this season of Lent, we admit that we are powerless over the sins despite our attempts to look righteous and to be righteous. And it is this a very addiction to sin that is killing us into destroying the life that we have in us. But all is not for naught, for we have a God, as we are reminded in the prophet Joel, who is slow to anger, who is gracious and forgiving. When God looks at us, Fleming Rutledge says, he does not see our titles, our bank accounts, our memberships and clubs. He does not see our vacation homes or our net worth. God simply sees a frail and vulnerable creature trying to cover up our nakedness. That when Jesus came down from heaven to live among us, he lives at that very level of brokenness that we try to hide. That the Son of God gave up all his divine prerogatives, came into this world to be a fellow creature with us, to come into our deepest need. We were God's enemies, but he looked upon us, seeing us trying to hold up our trousers with one hand and going through life, and he says, we are not enemies, but we are friends. So hear this invitation to this holy season of Lent. Even now, says the Lord, return to me with all of your heart. Return to me with fasting and weeping. Return to me with mourning. Tear open your hearts and return to I, the Lord your God. For I am gracious. I am merciful. I am slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love. And I will not punish forever. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more, go to ChristChurchTulsa.org. And peace be with you.